Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolution or Hardcore 2.0, episode 35, coming your way. So we're going to be talking about peptides with Europharmacies. So in this one, we're going to go over what peptides are. We're going to go over the difference between GHRP, GHRH, uh, IGF-1, MGH. We're going to talk about how to inject them, how to store them. We're going to go over some of the most popular Europharmacies peptides and why they're popular. And we're going to kind of discuss how specifically, you know, Mobster and I would run them in terms of dosage. This is going to be a really, really good podcast. But first, you know, let's get into Europharmacies a little bit. Um, now, a lot of you know Europharmacies because you know they sell some damn good anabolic steroids. They also sell some damn good ancillaries that you can use on cycle, anti-estrogens, aromatase inhibitors, CIRMs that you use during post-cycle therapy. And, you know, they sell everything from, from A to Z. Anything you would need on cycle, PCT, between cycles, etc. But they also sell peptides. And peptides are something that a lot of you out there have not messed around with very much. But they're really, really cool. And they do a lot of interesting things in our body. And they're really easy to use. You really just need a tiny needle um, and, and to inject them in, into, um, into yourself. And we're going to get into how to inject them later in this podcast. But first, let me bring in uh, Mobster to talk about uh, Europharmacies and how important it is to make sure you're buying your peptides from Europharmacies. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to mention right at the beginning, Steve, is uh, how they've expanded their range, not just on peptides, but across the products. They literally relaunched their site a couple of weeks ago uh, prior to us recording this uh, podcast today. And they've expanded the range. They've separated products out into, you know, injectables, orals, and so on, and a peptide segment specifically. And I believe they've added it to the peptides. So that, that's an important point right there. Secondly, and I've discussed this before, and Steve's just touched on this as well. We are very familiar with, with Europharmacy's products. We have used Europharmacy's products. So it's definitely one of those things. This is a kind of situation, guys. If you was ever at the gym, at the desk and you're just discussing you know psalms peptides steroids etc 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 what's the best kind of recommendations the same thing if you buy a tv i have used that product i like that product and we know for a fact and as i said use multiple products from euro pharmacies via one of their resellers and i can tell you that i've responded to x or y or z so I can say that for me, Europharmacies is one of those brands that for me it is a go-to. Now, what about what makes a company like Europharmacies a trusted and or approved source? This is something, and again, you would have heard me say this about other companies on other podcasts, but the same rules apply. I need a company like Europharmacies to have been around a long time, at least 10 years, Steve. Uh, I can think of labs that have come and gone inside of a year. I'm old enough that I can remember 
articles in magazines about Mexican labs that got raided. I've seen videos on YouTube of labs where, where the, you know, Steve and I have talked, joked when we said the kitchen sink, literally a kitchen with polythene and the guy was mixing up products on the, on the countertop, Steve. So it's kind of fucked up. So we need a company that's been around a long time. We need that company to produce trusted products. As an example, just recently, again, a bunch of approved sources, including Europharmacies, was tested by one member. And all of our approved sources, again, including Europharmacies, came in within a few milligrams of exactly where they needed to be. So we need that. Those are independent tests. Then I like to see certificates of analysis. I know, for example, Steve, just on the injectables portion of the Europharmacies products, I can click on just the product description, but I nearly, nearly on everything I can find, and I think probably everything without me looking right now, Steve, as we record this podcast, I can see certificates of analysis. And I like to see recent certificates of analysis and tests. So not only have we got independent member-only testing, but the in-house products that have been sent off to an independent lab, random samples, came back, and again, they're within... One of the things I've discussed, and again, it's because we're talking about UGLs and, and similar companies. It's almost it's almost a thing for me, Steve, that I don't mind if it's a few milligrams either way. It's it's almost like okay, uh, if it was a big pharmaceutical company, you'd want it to be on point the whole time. But I'm I'm almost okay with that, Steve, because it makes me feel like again the companies out there they're not shortcutting. Uh, sometimes products are overdosed. I have literally seen US pharmacy products come overdosed. Again, five, 10 milligrams, it's not a huge amount. I actually kind of like that again. Uh, you know, it's just a sort of stuff where, for me, and again, this is other users, Steve, I've seen people say, oh, I can feel the product working from day one. You need all these kind of things going on. I like the fact that when I get products that are well-packed, well-labeled, there are uh, batch numbers, et cetera, on those kind of products. And again, for certain products, peptides included, I can go online and search and check batch numbers to make sure that the product is legit. That's by either Europharmacies, resellers, and companies, for example. This is a sort of one of those weird things that's kind of fucked up sometimes, Steve, in the industry, that if a company gets good, other companies want to copy their products. That's almost a recommendation in and of itself because they know that people trust the label. They know that people trust the brand. So there's a great thing for you. One of the things I always say this as well, Steve, this is do your own research, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you say, well, Bob's is saying that, but for this reason, well, that, do your own research. Go away and check. And feedback should be right across forum after forum, not just the ones that we're, we're on, not the ones that we're doing this podcast, but forums everywhere. People will be familiar with that product. What do you think on the, on the reasons and what makes a trusted source state like Europharmacies? Well, what makes a trusted source is I've used peptides plenty of times in my life. And I've known people that have used peptides plenty of times. And I can tell you that a lot of peptides out there are who knows what. Um, these peptides, they come in vials in, the, in a white powder. We're going to get into how to mix them later, but uh, you don't know what, what that is. I mean, it could be anything. And one of the most common things that I've experienced is that I've ran peptides that have done absolutely nothing for me because they were basically nothing. I was injecting white powder into my body mixed with sterile water or backwater, you know, and it didn't do anything. But the scariest thing is when these peptide companies sell you one peptide that's labeled whatever, and then it's really another peptide. 
that's pretty scary because now you're dosing something and you can basically get yourself into trouble by injecting the wrong amount of what you think you're injecting when it's really something else. So to use some random peptide source out there that you found on social media or that a friend recommended to you is crazy. You definitely want to use Europharmacies so you know you're getting a, a real product. Europharmacies have been around for a long time, and they know what they're doing when it comes to this. So I will not trust random peptide sources. That's just crazy. So let's get into what peptides are exactly. So look, peptides are short chain amino acid monomers linked by a peptide bond. The body utilizes these short amino acid chains to secrete and pulse growth hormone that is already stored in your body. So this is a very attractive option for those not able to utilize synthetic growth hormone naturally. And there's other peptides out there that are not tied to growth hormone. And we're going to talk about a few of those as well on this podcast. But the most used and popular peptides are. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with these. Um, you're basically giving your body more synthetically of what it's producing. So you're getting more of it and you're getting more benefits that can help you as an athlete, bodybuilder, or non-athlete in, in, in certain situations. So there's different things, especially with these HGH-based peptides that are more cheaper and they can be more safer than using other things for recovery, anti-aging and fat loss. So there are so many different peptides out there. And in this podcast, you know, we're gonna touch on groups of them and we're gonna touch on individual ones that your pharmacy sells. So the most common ones are the GHRHs and GHRPs. So we as adults, we don't start, stop producing growth hormone as we get older. So as you get older, it's harder to activate the body's release or pulse of growth hormone as frequently, as frequently as you did when you were still growing. So when you were younger at 20, you were producing much more pulses of growth hormone than you're going to be at 30, 40, 50, 60, etc., so by getting these peptides in your system synthetically, you're able to cover that up and it's going to help you in so many different ways. If you remember when you were a kid, you know, you're growing, obviously your growth hormone is going to be pulsating a lot. If you get injured as a kid, it seems like two days later, you're back to normal. Now you get a little knee twist. Wow. Now you're out for like two months. That's, you know, so it is the big difference. When it comes to that, that's one of the big, big things of being a kid and having that growth hormone pulsing. That kind of gives you that advantage. So <clears throat> first you have the growth hormone releasing hormones, GHRHs. Now, these cause the body to secrete a small amount of growth hormone. Depending upon the peptide, there can be short to long secreting times. Um, so there's going to be a saturation dose with peptides sometimes, and that's going to go beyond, um, you're going beyond the saturating dose. It will not produce an increase in growth hormone release. So we're going to get into some of the uh, dosing later in this podcast. So those who are experienced with peptides, 
Um, you know, they they tend to have a higher saturation dose. The more they use them, the more they're able to kind of see, hey, maybe it's more than 100 micrograms. Maybe it's more like 150 or 200 or more. Um, so and it also depends on the purity of the peptides. The more high quality you use, obviously, the less you're going to notice. So this is one of the big things, too, with peptides is the hit or miss um, about them. So if you're using your pharmacies, you know you're getting good quality. So you should be right at that 100 microgram mark. Um, now, you have GHRPs. Those are growth hormone releasing peptides. And those help facilitate a larger pulse of secreted growth hormone. And they do so more, more effectively than the GHRHs. So GHRHs will increase the amount of growth hormone your body secretes. And GHRP actually targets the pituitary and forces the growth hormone pulse. So that's the difference between the two. Um, once you take, you get a burst of, HG, of GA, of growth hormone. Uh, so GHRP, as soon as you take it, boom, you get that pulse. With the GHRHs, you really have to time when your body will have its own pulse to get the most out of administering them. So GHRHs is very, very important to time them more than GHRPs in most situations. So a lot of people choose, and a lot of you are probably figuring this out, to run GHRH and GHRPs together. This way, you're kind of covered either way. So if the GHRH is stimulating growth hormone and GHRP can stimulate twice as much, once you combine the two, you're going to increase the amount of growth hormone that can be secreted by 12 times. And then the GHRH will increase the amount of growth hormone that is secreted at the natural times when your body is ready to release the, the growth hormone. So GHRP will selectively send a pulse forcing GH to be secreted. Taking the, the two together, the GHRP will force a pulse and the GHRH will increase the power of that pulse. So the, the power of the pulse will be greater and with more frequency when using GHRP and GH, GHRH together. But you don't have to use them together, but it's a really, really good idea to combine them. So Monster, any thoughts on that before I get into e, IGF-1 and MGH? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 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 referring to the same article that Steve is as we do this podcast, and and it's interesting for me, Steve, because as you know, the the whole uh, GH in and of itself, growth hormone, and then specifically the peptides, very much a thing I believe of the 80s and 90s. I mean, IGF one, which we're going to discuss, etc., again was very very big, still used, but not perhaps as mentioned as much as they used to and i think that's because we specifically got into the peptides that can do particular things i'm we're going to discuss later on in this show listeners uh, two particular ones that are, are directly uh specific for healing for example and, and another one uh, which is specifically uh for tan and you've got other ones that are specifically looking to induce a, a greater sexual reaction so the way that i tend to look at it and i'm probably oversimplifying when i say this steve so this, this this is not proper science. It's more sort of mobster's way of thinking. Is that you have a great many benefits that we've discussed on shows when we've talked about growth hormone specifically, and we're aware, for example, of the boost of growth hormone when we're younger. It's the thing that gives us our height. It's as Steve said earlier on, the ability to bounce back from injury, which is a hell of a lot easier when we're younger. It's 
It's super important in the aging process and so on and so forth. And and as I said, a super, super oversimplification is to say that the peptides are kind of like fractions or growth hormone-like fractions where we, we particularly identified all the scientists that have looked at them and, and, and analyzed them and created them and specifically identified what that little part of the growth hormone is doing and then created the product, the peptide, to do that particular thing. So as I just said, one would be two, for example, are specifically used within the industry, within, within athletics, just specifically for healing purposes alone. The, the, the thing that Steve's touching on is that you want to make sure you get the right form. You want to make sure you get the right dosage. You want to make sure that you, you are using uh, – but uh, some are real, real close, Steve, as you know, almost identical, but not. And not using the right form at the right time at the right dosage is super, super important because, for example, they might not induce anything at all, no healing. And actually do something else, which is not what you brought them for. So not knowing what product to buy, not knowing how to dose it, not knowing how to prepare it and making a mistake because it wasn't quite the right form. It's a bit like when we hear these stories, Steve, of, oh, I got X steroid of my buddy. And you go, OK, what are you about to do? And you go, well, that's not actually the best one you could have chose, but it was the only one that was available. Well, then buy the one from an approved source that actually does the job. Same thing with peptides. So it can be confusing, listeners. It's confusing to me. Uh, and, and we're doing this podcast. It, we need to know that what we're buying is the right thing for this particular target, the particular process, and the result that we want. And we need to. And this is, I'll tell you what's super, super confusing, Steve, and I've seen this a bunch of times. And it's literally guys that are unfamiliar with the means and method of preparation and working at the dosage. Because what we're talking about here, listeners, is a very small amount, uh, tiny amounts that need to be mixed up in a certain particular way. So sometimes the most confusing part is they've gone and got the great product and they just literally struggle with their maths to put the exact amount that they want into the needle, into the syringe, and mix it and prepare it in the right way so that they can induce exactly the right reaction. I think what it is, Steve, we're so familiar with steroids and we're way more familiar, for example, with insulin and growth hormone. And yet, ironically, both insulin and growth hormone are kind of what we're talking about, but we're talking about fractions of that. So it gets a little bit confusing because we know how good those other two are in terms of performance enhancement, but it can be kind of confusing. So we're going to try, as we do this podcast, listeners, to clarify what we're talking about in that particular way, making sure that we give you as accurate information as we possibly can and try to assist you as much as we possibly can so that when you make these choices, you get them exactly right. And again, of course, using Europharmacy's products. Back to you, Steve. Insulin-like growth factor, IGF-1, and MGF, mechano growth factor. Those are the peptides that help with insulin-like growth of muscles. In the case of mechano growth factor, MGF helps stimulate the recovery of damaged muscle tissues and activate satellite cells to produce more muscle tissue. All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Steve, just on the MGF, um, I'm, I'm going to jump in here very, very quickly, listeners. So, ironically, given that we go to the gym and we lift weights and we try to get in shape, the complete and utter process of what creates muscle tissue, new muscle tissue, is still not, ironically, Steve, given the science is fantastically advanced, it's still not completely understood. But MGF, 
the Meccano factor, that's, but Meccano growth factor that Steve just referred to is a part of it. And there are actually things with regards to when proteins added in terms of repair, how hard you have to train, how long you have to train for. We can get into the science and the arguments back and forth over volume and sets and reps and, and on all this kind of stuff and the stress. But ultimately, there are factors involved which when your body releases naturally, and of course, we then add into those factors when we stress the muscles. A very, very simple terms is we go to the gym, we're trying to break muscle down. We're trying to tear muscle up. Not in an injury, oh my God, I'm fucked kind of way, but stressing muscle fibers so that either they thicken or they strengthen or they're replaced with bigger, more muscle fibers. For example, hyperplasia, Stephen, muscle fiber splitting and so on. So one of the factors, the kind of growth factor, is one of the facets of the growth process. It's the reason why your body is stressed in the gym. It's the reason why you grow over time with regards to exercise, rest, recovery, and of course, nutrition. But here we are looking to enhance that process. We know just how potent insulin is on in and of itself, but IGF-1 is another factor. It's a fraction thereof. And it's the part that, as Steve said, is specifically involved in the muscle building process. Back to you, Steve. All right. So let's talk more about, you know, NGF and how to dose it. So post-workout is how you want to do dose it. And even on recovery days, you want to do it that way to utilize full muscle building effects. A lot of people like using MGF for that reason. Now, IGF-1, a little more complex. So there's going to be different variations of IGF-1. Most don't deliver results at all. So IGF-1 can be taken pre-workout or post-workout. Both IGF and MGF are great for selectively targeting muscle groups and helping with la lagging body parts. So now some anabolic steroids, they do increase IGF-1 production, but it's nowhere near the amount that's going to be when you selectively target um, the muscle groups that you inject with IGF-1. So IGF-1 definitely is a big one in uh, those who, you know, they have the bigger exia complex. They want to get big, big, big. So that's what happens with them. So there's basically, um, we're going to kind of get into uh, into those with, with IGF-1 in a second and, um, and tell you how to dose them and stuff. So, but before we get into that, Let's let's talk about a little bit more mobster here um, and like get into injecting and storing them and kind of cover that basis. So what happens is you're going to inject them into your body. Now you can do it sub Q or intramuscular. Now, some peptides, you want to go more intramuscular um, and some most peptides, though, almost all of them sub Q is perfectly fine. You just want to get it in on, under the, the skin. They're going to come in white and delicate powder. You got to reconstitute them. Backwater or uh, medical grade saline, sterile water, etc. What I like to do is I like to take a thicker needle. Um, that, that's, not, that's not too thick, maybe a 25 gauge. Draw out that the water and then carefully you want to inject the water into the vial where it's not touching the powder. You don't want it to touch the powder. You don't want it to spray the powder but you want to gently kind of trickle it in there slowly and take your time with it because you don't want to damage it. And then you want to basically, you don't mix it like manually. You just let it mix on its own. 
and then you want to put it in the refrigerator. You want to always have it in the refrigerator. Before mixing it, you want it in the fridge. After mixing it, you want it in the fridge, especially after mixing it. If you leave it out on the counter after mixing it without putting it in the fridge, you'll ruin it. So you want to make sure you do it that way. And then you can go ahead and draw the amount you want and go ahead and inject it. So very, very important to do it that way. Um, now, the vials can be kept, you know, in a cool, dark place, and that will help it last. But it will last longer, trust me on this, when you keep the vials in the fridge before you mix it even. So as soon as you get your peptides in the mail, put them in the fridge. As soon as you get your HGH in the mail, put it in the fridge. All these peptides, the same thing. You want to definitely put them put them away. So I want, want to kind of go over some of the, the, the difference so we can kind of understand. Now, GHRHs, CJC1295, Sermorelin, those are GHRHs. Fragment176191 is also classified as a GHRH. GHRPs, you've got the GHRP6, GHRP2, Ipamorelin, Hexarelin, those are your GHRPs. And then your IGFs, IGF1L3, Mechanical Growth Factor, uh, MFG PEG, and then Fragment 176191 is also classified as an IGF. So those kind of classify where you're going. They all are going to help with fat loss, recovery, muscle building, and aging. Um, the only difference there is the mechanical growth factor, as you can assume, doesn't help with fat loss. So that that's the only difference between them. So that pretty much tells you you know, where you can start experimenting. So Mobster, any final thoughts on that before we kind of go into the individual peptides and, and how to dose them? I think we've, I think we've covered a, a basic layout of what these peptides do. Now let's kind of get into specifically um, what they do and specifically how to dose them. Yeah, I will say very, very quickly, only because I've seen these questions asked listeners, it's come up on the forums a few times. Um, any company that's going to send you a peptide should pack it well. The same with any PDs for that matter, Steve. Uh, and, and, and what I've seen occasionally happens, and it completely depends where you live in the world for obvious reasons, is you'll get guys, oh, I've had a peptide to give to my mailbox, or I've had a peptide and it's in the, it's in, in the glove box in my car. And it's 115 degrees outside, guys. Oh, my God, what well, I should have had it. And we're like, okay, right, so get that damn thing out of your mailbox. Don't leave it in there in a heat wave. And, you know, fingers crossed. But look, in the powder form, it's kind of okay. And I've had a bunch of people say, listen, it's, it's perfectly fine, et cetera, et cetera. The issue, as Steve says, in reality, it might be an issue if it's 115 degrees and it's in your mailbox, your glove box, your car, and it's 120 degrees in the car for hours. But in reality, the powder form should be fine. But once it's being mixed once you put it into the backwater and we give it a gentle swirl i would pretty much go with keep it as steve suggested here's the thing guys on a, on a per milligram basis peptides are going to be more expensive than steroids and like steve said earlier on there are some steroids for example that induce a small amount of igf1 production but it's not as steve said earlier on the same as if you take igf1 specifically so on a milligram per milligram basis, for the amount that you're buying, it can be relatively expensive. And here's the thing, this, this would be, this would apply to any performance enhancement use, Steve. Do it properly. And that includes 
getting it out of your goddamn mailbox if it's 115 degrees it includes preparation it includes storage I, I never understand this steve in terms of medications and whatever else pretty much every pill that we've ever been given to by us by a doctor tablets and whatever else it all say what steve said which is cool dark dry place there are famous videos of very well-known top i think four-time mr olympia i should not name and in one of those sort of lifestyles that are rich and famous type videos when he's walking around his house there was a screenshot which has been grabbed on one of the earlier versions of that video Stephen. there's a bunch of what looks like insulin and or peptide fragments in the door of his fridge so he's storing them out they're supposed to be used you don't need to store the powder they're called dark dry place like any medication but for me still get it delivered properly should be properly delivered to you properly prepared properly stored to get the best out of your bucks guys and like i said this in terms of the actual information we're going to give you today using the right thing so for example there are two helium peptides that i referred to uh, uh, casually earlier on one can be site injected and in fact ideally is near to or into the site of, of an injury whereas one can be as said steve said sub q anywhere on the body i would probably still go for site injection steve because i want the injury to repair but in terms of the actual science one needs to one does not so it's again getting the best out of what we're talking about today and making sure that you're doing the right thing back to you steve all right buddy so let's get into the most popular selling peptides that your pharmacies has and oddly enough the first one the most popular one that they have in terms of sales is not one that we've discussed so far because it's not anything to do with growth hormone it's actually acg and acg is actually nothing to do with growth hormone and nothing to do with growing muscles or any of the stuff that we've talked about you know that's the ironic thing so um, now, it's the most popular selling one because of a couple of reasons. Number one, a lot of people like to use ACG um, to help keep their balls plump on cycle, post cycle. A lot of people push ACG to be used during post cycle therapy, even though I completely disagree with that, doing it that way. They do it. And um, a lot of people are just, I, I, a lot of it is, um, I'm going to say a lot of that's just bad information out there. And I'm going to explain why. So you got to remember ACG, it's a, you know, it's, it's called a pre the pregnancy hormone. And because it's actually produced by female, pregnant females in, in it's basically the urine from pregnant females. Um, so um, it's, it's made by cells in, in the placenta, which nourishes the egg. So that's kind of how originally it was, it was, found um in the female urine uh who who are pregnant so this is basically what you're injecting now for men men are the ones that are using this it's not designed for men never was approved by men but a lot of men try they'll, they'll they'll try to use it you know to help boost their fertility and that sort of thing so what ach does is it mimics lh in the body and when you do that you're signaling your pituitary glands to, to stop producing lh so Oddly enough, if you're going to use it in PCT, it's going to help you feel better and it's going to raise estrogen in the body and raise testosterone in the body. But it's also going to signal your, your pituitary glands to stop producing hormones in the first place. 
So it's one, one of those things where people use it and they feel better and their testosterone levels go up, but it's not actually helping you recover. It's actually slowing your recovery down. But nevertheless, people use it in PCT. People also use it on cycle to help plump up their balls. And then people also use it for fat loss. There's something called the ACG diet. So people are ordering it from your pharmacies to use it for the ACG diet. So ACG diet is basically where you eat 500 calories a day. And it works initially, at least. But in the, over the long term, everybody I know who who's done the ACG diet, full disclosure, has gained everything back and more because you're basically crushing your metabolism when you only eat 500 calories a day. So then when you go back to eating the way you're eating before, you're just going to gain everything back and more in the process. So that's why ACG is most popular. Another one, uh, it's the sixth most popular one is HMG. Now, HMG, I've never heard of an HMG diet, but HMG does something similar to what ACG does, but instead it, um, it mimics FSH instead of LH. So again, you get that same effect where, yes, you're feeding your Leydig cells, your balls are getting more plump, you're getting a boost in testosterone, you're getting a boost in, in fertility, initially, but you're also suppressing your pituitary glands the same way. So really, um, I don't recommend you use ACG or HMG and PCT at all. Um, and I, if you want to use it, you can use it on cycle to plump up your balls and stuff. So I don't want to get too much into this, but we have to discuss it a little bit because of that mob. So I just want to skip and, and, and go through, but if you want to touch on this really quick, you can. Yeah. I, I said to Steve in the pre-show, I kind of understand why people get concerned. I've never used HCG. I've never used HMG. Here's a few thoughts, right? If you're using crazy dosages, you're going to fuck yourself up more. So your balls are going to shrink more. Those have, I, We've had guys come onto the forum and they're talking about girlfriends, boyfriends, sexual partners, or whatever else, and the person has specifically mentioned the size of their balls. And again, some of this is lack of information. You're on cycle. You take steroids, your body's natural production shuts down, minimizes, is super suppressed, whatever else, and your balls shrink. If they shrink that much, perhaps you shouldn't be using steroids. If it's a thing where it plays with your head, I get it. There's also an element, Stephen, when it comes to PCT, people want to feel good all the time. They want to feel, as some do, on cycle, super strong. I do. When I'm on cycle, killing it in the, in the gym, Steve. Doesn't mean I don't get tired outside the gym or wherever else, but killing it in the gym. So I get it. You're on PCT, you, you're recovering from your steroid cycle, especially if you're not the kind of person that's cruising or, TR, or TRT. So you're going to feel not quite as good. And so therefore, certain medications, certain drugs, including these two, are used to help people deal with how they feel. As Steve said, actually what you're doing is slowing down your recovery. And all of this stuff is dose dependent. If you don't use super high dosages, then you shouldn't notice the difference that much because a low dosage versus natural or off cycle shouldn't be that dramatic a reaction. So again, it's the reason why when we talk in other shows and other podcasts, we try to give advice along the lines of moderate sensible cycles, length of time between cycles as long as possible, full recovery and so on and so forth. But we get it. We understand why these are incredibly popular and precisely why pharmacists provides them because people need to feel or feel that they need to feel a certain particular way as much as possible. And if you felt like Superman off and you don't feel like, sorry, on, and you don't feel like Superman off, I get it. I understand it. 
but yeah, I completely agree with Steve in this particular thought process. 100%, Steve. Back to you. So ACG, it comes in 500 IU amps from your pharmacy. So you don't want to take that entire amp at once. It's not necessary. Usually people, guys will take 500 IUs up to like 2,000 IUs at the most, but usually around 1,000 IUs uh, a few times a week. And that will do the job for what you're looking for. HMG comes in 75 IUs. That's going to be a little more expensive to use because you're going to be dosing that 75 IUs all at once, uh, two to three times a week. So it is going to be uh, more expensive than, than using ACG. ACG is far, far cheaper. So those are your two options for that. So let's get into now um, CJC uh, 1295. Now, um, a lot of things with, with CJC 1295 to get into, but first is that Number one most popular is going to be the regular CJC 1295, and it comes in two milligram vial. And then the sec the second most popular um, CJC right behind it is with DAC, CJC 1295 with DAC, and it also comes in two milligrams. Now, the with DAC is going to be a little more expensive, um, about 25% more expensive. And the reason for that is with DAC, uh, DAC stands for Drug Affinity Complex. And that's been added to it to extend the half-life. So a lot of people like to use the one with the longer half-life. And a lot of people like to use the one that doesn't. That That's a quick, quick in and out of the body. So it just depends on what you're looking for. But let's kind of explain what CJC 1295 does. And CJC is really good for muscle growth, fat loss, sleep improvement. Obviously, it's going to help with anti-aging. Um, it's going to quicken your metabolism. So you might notice when you're on it, like the first month, you're like, wow, I'm losing so much body fat. Well, that's why you're you're increasing your metabolism and you're basically getting a lot of those benefits of using human growth hormone, but without the expensive price. And the dosage of CJC 1295 is going to be 300 micrograms. And a lot of people like to stack it with ipomorelin. Ipo, uh, and ipomorelin is one that is also, um, you know, another one, another peptide that we can kind of, you know, we, we, we've discussed on, on different podcasts on this one. But ipomorelin is a GHRP. So you're taking the CJC, which is a GHRH, and then you're mixing it. You've got to, you can use it by itself, but it's a good idea, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, to always stack a GHRH with a GHRP, so you get the both the best of both worlds. So, so ipomorelin is the most popular one that they'll stack your the 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 CJC with. So, but CJC that definitely most popular. It works beautifully well, and it has a lot of benefits. Uh, some people who use it, they're like, "Wow, I'm able to build more muscle. I'm able to lose fat. I'm able to do all this wonderful things on it." So, mobster, any thoughts on CJC twelve ninety five? On that particular one, no, Steve, although I, I do know, and this is uh, from Europharmacies themselves, we've touched on this earlier on, they've got specific, uh, and this is mostly for you, those of you that might have uh, spare leftover product, etc. cetera, uh, as unlikely as that might be, Steve, about the, the, the making sure that it's stable at room temperature for 90 days, and for example, if you've decided to extend it into another cycle at some point in the future, that you should store it in a freezer below minus eight and, and again, 
uh, and I mentioned this earlier on, especially once it's mixed up, guys, to not allow the temperature around the vial or the, the, the syringe, etc., once it's been mixed, to exceed 36 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not actually that hot, guys. Think about it. 36 degrees is about half room temperature. So, again, you've brought it. You've got some spare. You finish the cycle. Make sure that you follow the instructions that they've given you here. It's literally right there on their website with the guidance. And I like the fact that it's there, Stephen. They're providing you information. It's also important, and we will get into this, how the product comes. Some companies sell products where, for example, the peptide comes with a separate vial of the brachyocytic water. Some do not. So make sure, again, that you know exactly what you're buying. And that's just an example because I'm looking at CJC195, 1295 here, Steve, and it specifically says that you are getting the powder in a small vial. You're not getting a brachyocytic water, and that's a separate product that you're going to have to buy to mix it up. Easy enough to get, Steve, both through uh, PD companies, but also Amazon, eBay, et cetera, et cetera, because it's not really an issue. But make sure that you know what you need when you're buying it and make sure that you get the amounts that you need so that you don't have to worry about stories long term back to you yeah i get i get backwater you can buy it online it's completely legal and then you can um, also get some extra vials just to store if you need to store some extra peptides be careful transferring them if you do so i put morellin if you want to use it with it 200 micrograms to 500 micrograms per day total um and um, you don't need to go more than 200 micrograms per dose so and all these that we're going to talk about are sub-Q, including the ACG and HMG, by the way. So um, you can go ahead and do sub-Q on those. Now, the next one uh, we're going to talk about here is IGF-1 LR3. Now, remember how I said earlier, IGF-1 mostly is garbage? Well, IGF-1 LR3 is not garbage. And your pharmacy sells it at one milligram. And um, so so with, when it comes to this one... Uh, at the, bar, at the end of the day, it's very mobile in the body, functions differently in individual types of tissue. So in muscle tissue, it forces the muscle to be more sensitive to insulin's effects, such as the decrease of fat storage. So a lot of people in the medical community will use this for hormone deficiencies in children, uh, adult, adult growth deficiency um, and, and that type of things. And even with muscle wasting diseases like HIV and AIDS, that's like the number one peptide that's prescribed for that. So there's a lot of benefits in the medical community In bodybuilding. You're going to get a lot of the effects that we talked about when it comes to, um, you know, just, just the growth, the growth of the muscles. And, um, the way it's working is it binds to cell receptors in the muscle cells and activates cell communication and then that increases the growth rate of muscles. We see a lot of the, I know Rich Piana used to love this stuff, IGF-1 LR3. He got huge. He had bigorexia. He just wanted to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why he would use IGF-1 LR3 for that particular reason. So dosage amount, 20 micrograms up to 100 micrograms uh, once daily should be, should be good. You want to use it uh, for six weeks. And then after six weeks, you want to take maybe a month off before starting it up again. And, um, you know, carbs and protein need to be manipulated and played with. Um, a lot of people like to take them both about 20 minutes before you administer it. 
you want to watch out for side effects with it. Um, you could deal with nausea, headaches, hypoglycemia is really uh, uh, well known with it as well. And if you have existing cancer issues, you want to keep in mind, it could blow up your cancer, cancer cells. That's just one of the, the things. But overall, the um, look, lean muscle mass, athletic performance, muscle recovery, reduced recovery time, reduction of body fat, increased metabolism, all the beautiful things that we get from HGH and more. Um, you also get upregulation of antioxidant benefits and ligament strength as well. And then you get protein synthesis facilitation, which is, is exactly what anabolic steroids do. So you, the objective here is you want to be a huge motherfucker, but also lean as well. So that, again, that's why a lot of these big time bodybuilders depend on IGF-1, LR3 for that reason. And that's why it is the third most popular peptide that you're a pharmacy cell. And again, it comes in one milligram vial. So if you're going to be running a dosage like that, mobster, um, let's say you run the max 100 micrograms a day, it'll take you about 10 days to go through a vial. That's not that bad at all. And it's not that expensive compared to some of the other stuff out there. Compared to HGH, it's way more cheaper. So again, this is why it's so damn popular. So mobster, talk about that a little bit. Maybe um, some of the big bodybuilders that you know that are taking IGF-1, LR3, and why they're taking it. Yeah, you just said something, Steve, when you said about ligament, and it's also flashed up in my brain. Those of you that have been around the iron game a long time will recall the amount of pec tears that people were getting back in the day. We've seen a lot of bicep tears, Steve, in Strongman from the Atlas Stone. Your arms are extended, you're holding a stone that weighs 200 kilograms, 440 pounds, Bang, let's watch it on the TV as his bicep disappears up into his armpit. Lovely, very graphic. We watch it again through squinted eyes and through our fingers, Steve, because it's fucked up. We've seen Larry Wills training with people and they've got a peck tear because they're fucking around with five plates on an incline bench and whatever else. Why does this happen? And why does, for example, a product like IGF-1 LR3 benefit them? Okay, so <laughs> muscle growth is specifically when it's assisted by steroids, is quick. We, we we know, all of us that have ever done a steroid stack at first, oh, it's amazing, man, I put on five or six pounds. You put on muscle real, real quick. Even those of you that have done multiple stacks and cycles would have done the same thing. What takes time is ligament strength, ligament growth. And what did Steve say just now? He actually said one of the benefits was increased ligament strength. We know that growth hormone and fractions of growth hormone, including the peptides, are great for ligament, fascia, that's the actual membrane around the muscle, and, and, and other benefits, skin, collagen, repair, and so on and so forth. So essentially, this particular peptide with the ligament strength enhancer is going to allow that to get as strong and accommodate the training, the volume, the sheer crazy kind of volume that some bodybuilders do, rather than create wear and tear, which is perfectly normal, but end up injury prone. That's why we get sore shoulders, torn biceps, torn pecs, torn quads, and so on and so forth. So we want the ligaments to get as strong as possible. Something else I noticed here, Steve, and it's super confusing, and I mentioned it earlier on. Steve just said it comes in one milligram and a vial. And then you actually look at the dosages. Very simply, guys, milligram is a thousand micrograms. It's the metric uh, way of calculating things. So it can be confusing. So like Steve said, when we're talking about 
20 to 40 micrograms a day, you can actually see that one milligram is going to last you quite a while. Hence the six weeks, two to three times a week and so on and so forth in the six week stacks and cycles that Steve talks about. So, yeah, the other thing, and I want to make sure that I emphasize this throughout the podcast is, Steve, and we have again seen this sometimes, and I think more with steroids than perhaps with peptides, because peptides tends to be the next level or advancement. And people like yourself that are listening to the show are way more likely to have done your research. And again, it's a bit of an investment. Making sure that your training and diet and everything else is on point is important. You cannot frack for peptide your way out of being lazy. Back on to you, Steve. All right, buddy. So let's, yeah, let's hit these. And, um, you know, the next one, the next popular one, Mobster, HGH Fragment 176-191. So this one um, is the next popular one on the list. And it's really, really cheap. It comes in five milligram of, of vial. Now, this one is going to be really, really good for fat loss. And the really, really cool thing in bodybuilding it's a spliced out version of the human growth hormone. It only contains the lipolic attributes of the hormone. So during your cutting phase, you're going to be able to burn out excess calories and inhibit more fat gain when you're running this. So 200 micrograms a day of HGH frag before you break your fast. Um, so if you eat early in the day, you want to do it before that. If you eat, eat, eat before lunch, you want to do it before that. If you eat later in the day, if you're following more of a time-restricted eating, do it before that. And then you can also dose up to 250 micrograms or 300 micrograms per day as well. So that's really going to be why. So basically, it took you know growth hormone and they kind of made it so it just focuses but just on fat loss. So you're going to notice... Um, a su substantial decrease. Studies have shown substantial decrease in obesity with in studies, increased energy levels, strengthening and buildup of muscle mass, and inhibiting lipolysis. So really, really good one. It also regulates blood glucose levels. So, and it, it, there's been some studies that shows it can help mitigate the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So this one is just a pure, let's lose body fat, Let's control our blood sugar type of thing. So yeah, that's why it's popular on, on your pharmacy. So this one is an awesome one for a lot of people. So we'd love uh, for you guys to try that one out and come on the forum and, and, and log it for us. Um, so next two that we're going to talk about, Mobster, are GHRP6 and GHRP2. So the differences between the two are pretty pretty cut and dry and we're going to get into that so basically look ghrp2 releases higher levels of growth hormones while ghrp6 releases comparatively lesser levels of growth hormone when consumed so um so look at, at the end of the day look they're both they're both popular um ghrp6 is is slightly more popular the same price they both come in five milligrams so let's kind of go over each of them and you guys can kind of decide what you like so ghrp6 benefits increased energy levels for strength endurance and stamina uh increased muscle growth in improved healing and recovery time improvement in the ease of weight loss increased libido sexual desire uh, more development of hair growth and health anti-aging benefits helps with wrinkles stuff like that immune system decreased stamina and improvement in sleep 
Now, GHRP2, a lot of the things are similar. Um, you've got uh, improvement from recovery of injuries, increase in lean body composition and body fat reduction, acceleration of muscle tissue growth and increase in muscle mass, more energy, endurance, flexibility, better sleep as well. Um, increase in retention of calcium, bone mineralization, improving bone strength, promotion of anti-aging benefits, immune system and wellness, production of IGF-1, which offers anabolic muscle building effect, increase in hypothalamus stimulation, which improves sexual desire and drive. So uh, GHRP2, um, this, the difference between them is GHRP6 drastically will increase appetite. GHRP2 has very mild side effects. So you're not going to get you get a slight appetite increase, but not like GHRP6. So GHRP6 is more popular selling. People want that appetite difference. A lot of people like that. A lot of people who are bodybuilding, they run GHRP6 with their anabolic steroids. Something like Trend, for example, which crushes your appetite. You can run the GHRP6 with it, keep your appetite strong, and you're able to basically get really, really huge on this. So with the GHRP6, you want to dose it one to two, one to four times daily, 100 to 150 micrograms. Not, uh, you don't want to eat or drink 30 minutes before administrating. And you want to avoid carbs and fats before using GHRP6 because higher sugar levels lower efficiency. Now with GHRP2, it's dosed a little bit differently. You're going a little higher, 150 micrograms to 300 micrograms, but you're only going one to three times daily instead of one to four times daily. You want to administer it one to three times daily at dosages ranging from that 150 to 300 per administration. If you're looking for strength gain or performance enhancing, you want to go on the higher end, 300 micrograms, three times a day. If you want anti-aging, 150 micrograms prior to bed only once a day. But for best results, you want to avoid eating at least one hour before and after administrating GHRP2. So those are the differences between the two. Um, I hope it makes sense, but they are really, really popular steroids and they really work well, especially when you're stacking them with anabolic steroids. All right. Uh, Mobster, what are your thoughts on that? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'm just thinking here, Steve. One one of the phrases that Steve used during the, mentioning the benefits here is you're actually got an increase in your appetite, Steve, and you're getting leaner. That sounds perfect. You're a bodybuilder and you can literally eat more to grow and at the same time lose fat. How fantastic is that? Something that Steve didn't mention, and I'm just looking at an additional benefit here, Steve, is the potential for an increase in your sexual desire and drive. So that's another that's another plus. I think the, the and, and the one yeah. that Steve says. No, even, I, I did. I didn't mention it. I mentioned that. Yeah, I just think it's just that's right across the finger, Steve. The I think you're just thinking from... about that too much right now. <laughs> Probably with your, yeah. with your girlfriend issues going on. Yeah. On, on, on cycle at the same time, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Listen, make sure again that you, you you're dosing correctly for your particular requirements. As Steve said, there are benefits for bodybuilding, getting lean, there are aging, and there are strength. Notice the difference between dosages for each one and frequency of dosing and so on and so forth. So make sure, again, that you get it right for your specific requirements 
that applies to all the peptides, but specifically here, Steve, because the frequency of dosage depending on amounts does vary according to what you require. Back to you, Steve. And the next one is hexarelin. And we discussed it originally when I went over, you know, the, the differences between um, between these different peptides. And look, hexarelin, it's used to stimulate natural growth hormone production, lean muscle growth, rapid fat loss, increased tendon ligament strength, flexibility, better recovery, yada, yada, yada. So it also increases, enhances the production of insulin and light growth factor as well. So it's a really, really cool one. Um, some of the other benefits, more weight loss and fat loss. Um, when we talked about that, the quicker recovery from injuries, a lot of people liked it for that. Better sleep, uh, more athletic performance and physical capacity. So it's got a lot, a lot of different benefits. One of the downsides of HEX that people complain about is feeling tired, feeling lethargic on it. And that, that can happen as well. So because it is making you sleepy. So if you're one of those people that sleep a lot during the day and stuff, you fall asleep easily, you might fall asleep easier on HEX. So with HEX, you want to use two to three times a day, um, 100 micrograms per administration, total of 200 to 300 micrograms daily. Um, and you want to do it at least twice a day at 100 micrograms. It's more suited for athletic performance, mobster, then anti-aging. Um, it is commonly administered at least two times per day to increase growth hormone as much as possible in the limited duration of a cycle, which is up to 16 weeks. So you're going to get a nice substantial increase in growth hormone output to facilitate muscle growth, strength gain, fat loss, recovery from training and injury. Those are the main benefits. Best results, we recommend avoiding uh, one hour, avoiding eating one hour before and after administering hexarelin, just like uh, the other peptide that we just did. So Mobster, what you got for us on the next one? The next one that we're going to do is one that, you know, we don't know, you know, this is kind of one that's not really been known, but it is the next popular one right after GHRP. And this is pound GHK, and it comes in a 10 milligram vial from your pharmacies. And what's interesting with it, this one is this one works with skin cells, stimulates synthesis of collagen and skin cells, increase the accumulation of protein, increase synthesis of decorin, stimulate synthesis of metal metalloproteinases and suppress the production of inflammatory cytokine interleukin-6. It also stimulates antioxidant gene activity. This has been shown in studies. It helps body break down old tissue, repair DNA, and create new healthier tissue. So overall, it can help with different things. It can help with pain. It can help with anti-anxiety. It can help with aggression, antioxidant, repair wounds, lung and gut tissue healing, hair growth, skin repair, wrinkle reduction, anti-aging, tissue remodeling, nerve regeneration. So this is a really interesting one. I've not used this one before. Monster hasn't used this one before. But as we learn more about this one, I think for Monster and I, this could be one that we definitely add to our protocol down the line as we, as we learn more about it. So this is really cool. So really... There's so many different ways to run this, um, but a lot of people will start the first month. They'll do like one to two milligrams a day. And then from there, 
they'll kind of maybe take a break from it and then they'll go back to doing one to two milligrams a day. So it's really interesting to see um, how people are reacting to this and if this stuff really, really works uh, for us and has uh, these benefits. So this is a really cool one, Mopser, that people are going to do. It has nothing to do with, with athletic performance. It has more to do with our body's health and our skin and, and looking younger and all that stuff. So I can see why a lot of people would be inter interested in this one. So um, it's not that bad uh, price-wise because you're getting 10 milligrams. So even if you do two milligrams a day, each vial is going to last you five days. So really you need six vials in a month if you're going to do the max dose. And then you want to basically, you can divide it into two injections a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Yeah, so... What is Meccano growth factor? It's uh, basically produced by the body, funny enough, when you train guys. So that's where they, they, they discovered it and isolated it. What's super interesting is, Steve, is it causes wasted muscle tissue, wasted tissue to grow and improve. So basically, bed-bound patients were given this and they was able to retain and grow muscle tissue while they were bed-bound, when they're birds, victims, etc. same as anabolic steroids. What's it useful for us? We are inducing that same wasted muscle tissue with regards to training and therefore this is going to help you respond and react and repair muscle tissue that you've broken down in training simply for hypertrophy which is growth and recovery dosaging is typically steve 200 micrograms and i'm seeing examples of in combination with igf1 four weeks of this followed by two weeks of igf1 uh, make sure, though, guys, and I think Steve's about to clarify that as well, that you do not confuse this with PEG-MGF because it is not the same peptide, Steve. PEG-MGF, of course, just to confuse everybody, PEG-elated Meccano growth factor. What's happened here, guys, is the difference between a very, very short half-life of minutes and a still short half-life of hours, Steve. Uh, by the addition of pophyophylline glycol. So what does that mean? It means if you was using these, and especially if you wanted to recover from training, we're talking about right after training, Steve, right after the activity would be needed to use in both examples. But one, again, is from minutes to hours. So, yeah, how, how short of a half-life, Steve, when we're talking about that in steroids, we're talking about six, seven, eight hours, and that's considered super, super short. Right, listen. This whole process, the whole thing with peptides, Europharmacy's products, et cetera, can be super, super confusing, even to experienced users such as ourselves. You need to know specifically that you're using the right product, the right dosage in the right way, whether it's site-injected, subcutaneous, whatever else. We've got lots of information on the forum, so we definitely want you to come and check that out. We want to make sure that you're mixing it properly, storing it properly, getting the dosages correct, et cetera. There are on the forums, links to dosage calculators to enable you to work out how much is used. Steve touched on this right at the beginning when we talked about superfine needles, specifically those used for insulin or the same ones that we use to inject peptides. Preparation is super important, like we said before, and heat and storage and all those kind of things. So there's a bunch of articles on the forums and lots of links and, and assistance. And again, come on there, ask for information, ask us to assist you, specifically talk about one peptide or another, which is ideal for your situation. Make sure that we know as much about you as possible, and then we can give you the most assistance we possibly can.
again, we want your feedback as always, guys. We want you to come and let us know what you think. Do you need more information? Do you want to hear about specific peptides? That kind of thing. We want all that kind of stuff all the time. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions. Ours is our view, and it's based on our experience and views on the topics. Our podcast of, for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the president of the